got that sport, we got that joke, we got that. And we just getting started, so don't turn me down, stop that. From LA all the way to the A. Maddie and Cohen got so many things to say. Switching up the topic quick as I switch up the flow. So make sure you pay attention. Okay, ready, here we go. It's the Daily Degenerate, Daily Degenerate. Whoop, whoop, welcome to the Daily Degenerate, Daily Degenerate, Daily Degenerate. Whoop, whoop, welcome to the Daily Degenerate, Daily Degenerate, Daily Degenerate. Whoop, whoop, welcome to the Daily Degenerate, Daily Degenerate, Daily Degenerate. Whoop, whoop, welcome to the Daily Degenerate, Degenerate. Guten Tag, ladies and gentlemen, degenerates and saints, males and females. How's it going? My name is Cohen Hughes, host of the Daily Degenerate Podcast. I'm joined via Skype with Brad Meekum. Brad? Hey, guys. How's it going? I hope everybody's uh, staying safe and uh, keeping a level head in these uh, crazy-ass times right now. They are crazy. I introduced myself with Guten Tag because for the first time ever, I went to Aldi today, the little German grocery store that is known for its minimalist properties. Brad, tell me why I had to put a quarter into in, into the cart machine to get a cart, and then whenever I put the cart back in the machine, it gave me the quarter back. Isn't that so weird? I had to bring my own bags. Well, dude, it's, it's because, I mean, don't you watch Trailer Park Boys? You don't want bubbles going and stealing off those carts, man. No, you, you gotta, don't. That's no, how you they... don't. That's how you know you get them back. You yeah, know, car, you put that car invest- wrangler bubbles is on the loose. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's funny. The uh, the price of a car costs 25 cents. Like, if 25 yeah. cents, I got to get that back, so I'm going to return it. If that's what buys it for me, like, I'll just take the cart home with me. Like, I'll just bring a pickup truck to Ali <laughs> next time and just take the whole goddamn cart. It's probably worth that more than a quarter. You just got to figure out how to sell it. You got to get, get some people going on with that. If anybody has Bubbles number, I would really appreciate it. I have a bunch of carts that I see at Aldi just right for the taking. Brad Meekum. Worth, worth a quarter. Worth a quarter. Well worth a quarter. Probably about 18 bucks at a scrapyard. Um, coronavirus is still rampant. Um, it's been a little bit longer than we had initially predicted. Um, cost of doing to keep people safe and to keep people indoors. Brad, how are you holding up during the whole quarantine? Um, I saw you there? about a week ago, but since then. Yeah, you know, I mean, things kind of got a downtown Atlanta's in a stay-at-home order, so that's why we're skyping and I'm not heading up we, there. We figured. were supposed to be in person. You know, instead of uh, you know, might as well just be a little safe, even though I was with you a couple days ago. But yeah, you and know, I, I, I guess, was out in public today, so it's probably best to avoid me. Don't don't know don't know who you've been around, who you've been with, who I've been kissing. Like, who you who you've been touching, man? It's like an STD, the yeah, craziest STD you have. It is air herpes. Mm-hmm. So you holding no, you up know, good? You keeping you, you keeping it indoors, watching movies, drinking beer, drinking, drinking, drinking a lot, little mm-hmm. video games. Get outside every now and then. Try to go on a walk, get some get, get some of that vitamin D because it's unfortunately a perfect weekend for uh, some pool pool Dude, weather. It is but... hot as hell outside today in Georgia. I think it's like eighty degrees right oh. now. Yeah, it's eighty two. Yeah, eighty two. With that humidity. Mm. Well, uh, we have a very special emergency podcast for you today. I am so bored. We are going to go through the Daily Degenerate Podcast, top 10 sports movies of all time. Now, Brad and I was talking a little bit in the um, in, in the bullpen about this, but before we get to it, uh, Brad being our resident medical expert, I would like to ask Brad, because in the last episode, me, myself, and Thomas Penland two days ago, um... We were talking about hopes for Todd Gurley and the man, the 25-year-old man or 28-year-old man, however old he is, that has arthritis. Um, I I, kind of alluded to a very ignorant fact that I had read about that said, Todd Gurley, it's not as big of a risk as the word arthritis would make it seem because what what I read was with him, the damage is already done. It's just playing through pain at that point. How, How true is that? that notion of Todd Gurley can still be effective. He just has to play through the pain. Like there's really no more damage assessment going on. Oh, a hundred percent. Like in, in layman's term, arthritis is chronic inflammation. So what that is, is his, his knee as he's going to go through workload and it's how his knee responds. And so you could, you saw last year how they kind of, held him back that first half of the season. But then towards the back half of the season, he was playing a lot of snaps, if you remember. Like, he ain't really picked it on. And so what it's going to come down to is they're going to manage him in the preseason, practices throughout the week. 
because um, what that does is is it's going to be um, the more reps he runs, the more hits he gets, the more pressure and usage he gets on the knee is a greater percentage for him to wake up the next morning and have a knee the size of a basketball because it's inflamed and sore. And so then once it gets sore, he's got to you know ice, do some stim, do some rehab, calm it down, and then bring it back up. So their goal is not to get it super big where he has to be out for multiple weeks. So it's a day-by-day, manage it. you know. And if during the game, it, it could be a play-by-play, quarter-by-quarter type thing where feeling good going into the game, but hey, I was going through warm-ups and then just something started bugging me. It started getting worse. I tried stretching it out, doing some mobility with the trainers. It wasn't getting better. And then they're like, well, better to nip it in the bud now. Yes, it sucks, but it's better than to have it delayed because the longer you push through it the exponentially time the more pain you put on it the more the more degeneration in that knee exactly and the longer it'll take back like if you stop it early it's maybe a couple days but if you keep going on it for a whole game could be through two it may three turn weeks. into a couple exactly yeah and so for you know will he be effective yes how effective will he be up in the air because um, even even on the pitch count last year he still was finishing runs and and and, and getting good good carries like mm-hmm. it, it's just the pitch count you just gotta you can't run him like we're used to running Todd Gurley he, exactly like his acceleration his power his change of direction all those things that make him a great running back aren't gonna change what's gonna happen is as he wears down and as that volume keeps going he is more prone to getting sore and get it, not being able to have that pain. So that's where that arthritis and that management comes in. So. Good. Um, as as a adopted Falcons fan and someone who goes to Falcons games, even though you're from the other side of the country, what are your expectations for Todd Gurley? If you had to give it a prediction, what would you say? Um, are you talking from a fantasy wise or just from a real life NFL scenario? Real life NFL scenario. Um. I could see him. Obviously, I think the Falcons need to draft a running back third or fourth round this year. Yeah. Um, they need to find somebody because he's not. He's got a couple years, but for how how the Falcons should utilize a running back, he's not going to be able to be there 100. No. percent Or you can't expect him to. No. There's a chance that he could. Like that's that's yeah. The, yeah there's a chance that he that he's been resting and he comes out and he feels great and there's no more pain. Goes 16 and he games. Can, yeah. Yeah. No, no way in hell, though. But exactly. Odds of that happening are yeah. fucking me not getting coronavirus right 12 now. games, about 15 carries a game. Good good work. I could, I could see him uh, 12 games. Um, I could see him potentially getting in all the games at a 10 to 20 clip. So, but what would happen is some games may be 20. Then the next week, depending on the matchup, maybe 10. Mm-hmm. You know, it also depends on how this running back that they draft hopefully comes to play. If like if he comes being a stud, you could just see him on goal line carries. You could just see him in certain packages. Um, I could see him more so not so much plays, but series doing every other series. Yeah. I, I could see that as a mo- much more likely scenario mm-hmm. in how they utilize him. whether that caps him at certain carries or not, you know, it may be a plus or minus, but I I say, could... I, I'm sure going into the week, um, they're going to have, okay, 15 carries written down. But like they say in football, you have a plan until you get punched in the mouth. So it could vary exactly. dur- during the game and how, how they'll it could it. vary during the game. And it could vary depending on how he feels. Yeah. Like, and that's, I think I, that's what the, it's going to come down to. And unfortunately that's the one thing that we won't know a lot about is how he personally feels. Because as you know, a, every time you ask him, as an athletic trainer, you have kids that walk up to you hey coach or coach i'm good put me in put me in but you know they're feeling pain and you know they would make it worse if they did go out there so you have to have that kind of you have to have that, that conversation and you know and for him he's an adult this is his job and it's like hey if you can do better than the next guy behind you you're not going to hurt it worse All right, it's, but it's going to take you it's going to be painful and it's going to you're going to have to be in the training room doing rehab for the next three days three or four days but if you want you like and that's what that conversation comes down to. And as an adult, like between him and the staff, they're going to make that decision on a drive-by-drive basis, I can imagine. Well, Brad Meekum, I'll tell you what we can do. We can uh, chop this audio up and we can send it to your employer. That way you can justify getting paid for all the time that you're not at work this this this, this quarantine. <laughs> how do you feel about that? Because that was informative. Uh, I feel smarter uh, just from being it. on the same fucking Skype call as you, man. 
There you go. Hey, mm. you can uh, you can you can Venmo me as well. I'll take pay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll Venmo you for your medical expertise. What about two hundred bucks an hour? Is that is, is that about good? Uh, sure, I'll take that. I mean, I've been fine with twenty five. Oh well, hell Thanks yeah, yeah. All right, so Brad, um, let's get to the actual fun part of the episode. Um, we're going to talk about um, the top 10 movies rated by the Daily Degenerate podcast. We have uh, discussed some of these movies in the bullpen. Some uh, you have seen, some I haven't seen. Um, got a few honorable mentions, and then uh, we're going to go from 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. You ready to hit it? Let's go. So this is a movie that most of you, in my opinion, have probably never heard of. It took me a while. I, I didn't watch it for the first time until, I think, last year. Um, it's a movie that, that outlines the hooligan culture in England when it comes to soccer or football, as they call it. Um, Green Street Hooligans. It features the absolute worst Cockney British accent by Charlie Hunan I've ever heard in my life. It's kind of cringy, but I love that movie. The fights, all the, the fanatic fandom, the guy that snuck onto the pitch disguised as one of the workers and flicked off the opposing fans that was just an incredible movie and brad i i I heard in in the bullpen you said you have seen it i was so glad to hear that because i love that movie actually i own the movie elijah wood's in there as well Mm -hmm. elijah wood is the uh where do you come from harvard he was a journalist at harvard and yeah and um you know, I think the cool thing about sports movies, and especially one like that, is it allows you to get a glimpse inside a sporting culture that you may not and I, be I, familiar with. I knew nothing about the hooligans. I, I didn't know that there were firms. I didn't know that there were, like, actual fights. And, like, I've heard English people be like, oh, we got to own the away day. The away day is the most important day. But now we know why, because they go to other people's cities and beat the fuck out of them. Yeah, no, and, you know, and that movie kind of showed, obviously – you know, I mean, I would say obviously, but who the fuck knows? It could be a, that crazy as it is in real life. But, um, you know, just seeing that side and seeing that uh, that different aspect and that seriousness, cool-ass movie. It is. Um, I, I feel the same way about, like, Invictus, about, like, the rugby culture of, 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 of Down Under and, and, and lower parts of Africa and stuff like that. That that's and I I like the way you say it. Like I like that glimpse into other cultures. You know, like I like like a million dollar arm with John Hamm. I love John Hamm, but it was cool to see how they just even related cricket and baseball like that. You know, like it's just a cool connection. Um, the second uh, honorable mention that I have, I wish I could have put this one in the top ten, but um, unfortunately there are too many other good movies in front of it. The Replacements with our man John Wick, Keanu Reeves. What up? No, yeah, and uh. Um, what's the name of the coach? What's his name? God damn it! Oh, um, Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. There we go. Gene yep. Hackman, the, uh, the, the cheerleader dude. That was a so funny story. That was a movie. I remember growing up. I grew up in a religious household, and we couldn't. I couldn't watch R-rated movies, and I remember watching that movie in like high school or middle school, like over at a neighbor's house, and just being like, Oh my god, shocked. Like, what the heck is going on? Like, that was one of the three movies, like, that I remember clearly. What's one of the other ones? What's one of the ones that broke um, your broke your cussing cherry and broke your sex cherry and broke your drinking cherry? So, um, lot, another one, he, I had a, he was a weird kid, but we watched the, uh, The Wall, the, um, the actual, like, there's a movie, Pink Floyd's The Wall, there's an actual movie behind it Man. that he would love watching. We'd get super stoned and watch that. Yeah. Um, and then we also watched, um, uh, the Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, I love Beverly Hills Cop. I love Beverly Hills Cop. That movie's fucking hilarious. Yep. uh, Those were, those are the ones I, I clearly, clearly remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the replacements was really good. If you ask me, I've always wondered, like, like to myself, like, could they actually do that? Like, 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 if the players just went on strike, could they just be like, yeah, we'll just call up the college team and and, and see if they'll come play for us, or, or if we could just put a ragtag group of guys together? And um, I mean, they did it. They did it for the refs a couple years ago. Oh, the replacement the refs. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, look how bad that turned out. Um, I also enjoyed seeing John Favreau as the crazy cop uh, linebacker. Yeah. Um, I always forget his name in the movie, but um, he Brian or something. Like it was, it was. That, 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 that movie, it, it's a good mix of being hilarious and like kind of decently accurate with how big of a deal the NFL is and the cheerleaders and all that. So it was, it was, it was a really good movie. I liked it. Um, and then this is a movie that you haven't seen. The third and last honorable mention, um, North Dallas 40. 
I'll also I'll also bring up um, Blue Chips with, with this movie too because they're both Nick Nolte. Um, I love old Nick Nolte movies. I think he is an incredible actor. This movie was before Blue Chips. Um, North Dallas 40. It's about it's it, it's kind of like any given Sunday, but like kind of like for Texas. It just shows the reckless life of like 80s NFL players and all the coke and all the parties they would go to and all the drugs they would take and just how how guys like you would have to feel bad about injecting someone's knee with you know 80 milliliters of testosterone at halftime and the coach is telling you yo you have to do it you have to do it but you're like yeah this goes against my oath my man but. He's like, nah, my man, he's got to play, so get his ass in the game. North Dallas 40 is really good. I think I saw it on Amazon Prime the last time I saw it. So if you got Amazon Prime, go check out North Dallas 40. Um, if, you, if you have some time. A few of it, us have a lot of time on our hands right now. Yeah, well, I, I actually have too much time. I'm, I'm probably going to go watch the movie that you told me to go watch about the Disney figure skater, the, the rollerbladers. What was Brink. it? Brink. There you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to go watch this after, after I get off this podcast. Classic. Um, so number 10, we're going to start it off with an, a banger classic. Like I've seen this movie a thousand times and could watch it as soon as I, I, I want to right now. White Men Can't Jump. Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrelson, the comedy duo Made in Heaven. That was an incredible movie. Um I actually heard that Woody Harrelson can really ball like that, though. Like I heard he's actually like 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 pretty good at balling. That's wild. I I I, re- I specifically remember the scene of like them in in the park and a few Malibu clips. or whatever. Yeah, but going circling back to when we're talking about replacements, that was a time like a lot of these like kind of older movies. Some of them like are just like. I know what they are, but just never. And I can picture specific it. scenes from these movies. Like I've seen clips, but yeah. I, but like what what actually is the plot line? Because I haven't watched it from sit down to, to end. Yep. Um, there are white men can't jump if you haven't seen it and you're into basketball. It is one of the probably top three movies that you should see if you're into basketball. It um, the quick gist is that Woody Harrelson moves to California with his girlfriend, owes people some money, um, and then finds. Sydney Dean, who is the what what Wesley Snipes' character's name, and um, they end up you know hustling basketball games, making it seem like Woody Harrelson's like a bad because he's a white guy, and he shows up to the park and is like, dude, I got a thousand dollars. Who wants to play? So they they start making money off of you know scheming basketball games. So it's one of those degenerate type films that I know that you guys would enjoy. Number nine, another basketball movie. Um, probably my, I mean. Probably my second favorite basketball movie of all time, just because I, I, I'm into coaching and you know, kind of how coaches speak to players and team building and shit like that. Hoosiers, the 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 tale of um, Indiana high school basketball back in the day, back in like the fifties. Was that the one where Gene, Gene Hagman was the coach? Yep, Gene Hagman was the coach. Um, the guy who was coaching the team was like somebody's dad, and he was just like the town drunk. And uh, Gene Hackman, like, he gets, like, the most, like, ragtag group of, like, seven teenagers to win the Indiana State basketball thing. I've, I haven't seen the movie in a minute. I'm pretty sure they do win the title, but who knows, you know. It's just one I of remember, those movie things. I remember that sideline where he hits that line, like, goes up in the air, that, that shot, and it has that pan behind him, but I don't remember what happens. Yeah, no, me neither. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. Um, Hoosiers was really good. Don't you, don't you think it's how funny that we've talked about four movies and we've brought up the same actors in like three of them? Yeah, no, and, and, and wait until I get to rankings um, six and two. The, 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 the same actors play in three of like my favorite sports movies. I feel, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, well, we need to make a sports movie. Who do we like in sports movies? And there's Let's five guys that they just call. There's five guys that they call, and then they, nobody else ever gets cast. What what do they call it in the in the in in the movie industry? Type, typecast? Typecasting. Typecasting. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Um, these guys are definitely typecast. Um, number eight. Um, what, my probably second favorite football movie of all time um, is kind of like North Dallas Forty, but the better version. It's called Any Given Sunday. Al Pacino. Um, Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz as the uh, owner of the what, what, Miami Sharks. Yeah, it was Miami something. Yeah, the Miami Sharks. Um, and it goes, it kind of goes into like the, the, the really shady industry of like team doctors and like clearing guys before they're actually ready to play. Playing with concussions. How it, like, and this movie, I, I like this movie a lot because it actually illustrates how how tough and how 
how how mean it is to play football. Like I didn't play football growing up. I lo- I've always yeah. loved football, loved the game, watched almost all the games that I have, but I I never played football. So it's tough for me to kind of get my mindset into the mindset of a guy who plays football. But any given Sunday is is is, is a movie that really expands on that idea about clearing people like with with concussions when they shouldn't be cleared guys playing with like broken backs three weeks removed like it's one of those movies that kind of i i think accurately depicts the the locker rooms of nfl teams oh yeah and especially during that time of like the early nine early mid 90s like where we had no cameras we had no you know media tracking every move of a team and you know i mean and it's you know, and honestly, like even working, you know, I've worked at the collegiate level and the high school level, and up until very, very recently, it was the same at the high school level. Like I remember specifically, I overheard a head coach talk. Kid came over to the sidelines, like, "Coach, like, what just happened? Like, I have no idea." I like, I, I cannot like, remember this because my I hit my head. And he told him. I just don't go over to the athletic trainer and because, tell him because tell he won't let anything. you play. He won't, he, exactly. he won't let you play if, if if you tell him you bumped your head. And the kid, and, well, that he couldn't remember. And I was like, this kid is fucking sixteen years old, and you're. And it's just like that. That philosophy is true. Like even like just recently, it's slowly starting to change. And you know, at the at the professional level, it's different than at a high school or collegiate level because what's the what should be the priority is their health and well being. Because but, because you're responsible for the health and you're liable for what happens. Yeah. And, well, at, and, the, and at the pro level, you can get away with the excuse of I told coach to put me in. You know, like, well, I, I told him I needed yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. They're, that's their job, and you know, and that's and even now though, with how much is going on with concussion management, and because these athletes, what we're seeing is shits happening later on, and then people are getting in a huff about it. And it's like, well, why didn't we protect them? I was like, well. Those opportunities were in place. We've there been trying just, to help them, but the the stigma and the thing behind it was well. Not and there. like once push comes to shove, like even at the high school level, like I'm sure some of those kids want to play in those games. Like he knows there's a scout from UGA at one of his games. He's he's he doesn't want to go sit on the sidelines with a concussion. You know, like that just makes him look not bad, but makes it look like he's not durable. You know, like it's a it's a big cattle call, so to speak, because you wanted to be known as the guy who's durable and tough and can play through sh- stuff like this. So. You're, you're no, it's, right. It's a it's it's a stigma of of, of being it, honest with yourself and the training staff. Of actually, I'm hurt. I can't play. It was a yeah. No, it's and it's still to this day a very very real thing. And when you watch the movie, you're like, no fucking way. Are you serious? And it's then you like think, that. yeah, it's like that shit's still happening. Like if you go to some of the more rural parts of the country, they're not maybe not as socioeconomically high. You know, you have a lot more urban areas like. That stuff is still happening there. Oh, go, oh, go to Broward County in Florida, and yeah. I can guarantee you that that stuff happens on the sidelines every Friday night. Mm-hmm. Yep. So just to expand on a little bit of that, um, I'll keep it in the same ballpark. Speaking of movies, um, I'm not quite sure if you guys have seen the new documentary. It was a series that they did on Vice called Behind the Ring or Inside the Ring or one of those or Dark Side of the Ring, one of those you know wrestling kind of expose documentaries um it was actually about chris benoit and you know how he killed his wife uh killed the son killed himself um they they Mm -hmm. said at first it was because it was because of roid rage but someone who asked um the 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 family if they could have chris benoit's brain so they could analyze it they said that he had cte like four times the amount of like a vietnam war veteran like he had he had he had had over like 80 not documented but like confirmed concussions so that you can just go crazy. You can snap off of stuff like that. So it just goes to show like how important the health of your brain is. Like, and, and the fact it's the most important the, thing in your body. Exactly. And the fact that you may not notice it now when you're playing in this sport, but later on, that's, that's when, I mean, that's why they don't your... train every single kid to be a medical expert. That's why they have you out there to make the decision for them. Yeah. Well, try, well, I mean, try they, they, guide them in the right direction. Look at look at Antonio Brown too, man. Like with the stuff that he's done over the past year. You guys remember like two years ago when he just got fucking just died on the by field? Montez Burfitt? Yeah, like and you think like that's that's the almost obvious one we remember. But how many times happened that in high school? How many times happened like that in college? How, how many know? of those have happened away from the camera, even during an NFL <laughs> game, just like a blindside block during a special teams play or during an yeah. interception or something like that? 
in the first seven years when we're really not focusing on it. It's like, and that type of stuff, you know, as, and like, look, could anybody blame shit on CTV? Probably. Yeah. And are you really not going to know anything until they die and you cut open their brain? Probably. Yes. But, you know, that it's, it's a real thing. And it's, and it's crazy how the, it, any given Sunday is like the wild west of football. And that yeah. shows you it's, it, it was awesome. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Incredible movie. Uh, Al Pacino's great. Jamie Foxx is great as Steam and Willie Beeman. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, there and, and there's like a lot of like uh, like rappers that were in there. Like I remember, um, God, who was um, the guy who, who who was the running back, who 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 had all the all the contract uh, things, all, all like the the boosters. God Almighty, I I forget. But he was like a uh, like a famous rapper, you know, type LL Cool J. There you go. Um, he he was the running back in any given Sunday. So number seven, uh, we're gonna take it down a notch from the serious and you know c- kind of depressing talk that we just had about concussions in football and CTE and going crazy. Um, Caddyshack, Bill Murray, <laughs> um, I think is the probably second best golf movie of of all time. I I tend to enjoy. Like the Legend of Bagger Vance and like some of the more serious ones, like the Disney one that Shia LaBeouf did, but um, Caddyshack is just an incredible laugh out loud. Chevy Chase is absolutely hilarious. He's teaching like uh, my favorite scene in the movie is when uh, Danny the caddy is, <laughs> is 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 walking up and down the fairway with Chevy Chase. And he's like, "What's wrong, Danny?" He's like, "I just don't know what to do, Mister. Da 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 da. I just don't know what to do. I'm just, I'm just confused. Da 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 da. Just talking about life problems." And Chevy Chase looks at him and he says, "Danny, do you do drugs?" And Danny's like, "Yeah, of course." He's like, "Good. Keep on doing them. That'll tell you all you need to know." <laughs> and that, that, like Chevy Chase is just like the son of like somebody who died in town, who who inherited like a, a country club membership, who is like a pro level golfer, but like doesn't want to golf in front of people because he hates people seeing him play. And then finally, like one of the rich, you know, suits at the country club says that he kind of alludes to the fact that Chevy Chase is like white trash and like he has no manners and shit. So he finally plays him in golf at the end to shut him up and picks Danny, the caddy to play with him. It's just one of those teenage kind of working for a scholarship. And then the adult is working for, you know, vindication, but it's a really good movie. Um, if, if you like golf and you haven't seen it, which I don't know too many people who haven't seen it, even like non-golf fans have seen it. Um, it's probably the second best golf movie of all time. It, and it's so hilarious with Rodney Dangerfield as the rich guy who, who wants to tear down the golf course and build some condos. <laughs> uh, he, he, he has like the golf bag that has like a beer tap built into it. It has like a cell phone. It has like a TV, a radio built into it. Like the caddy goes to pick it up and he, and it, the, the, it's like a little kid caddy. He goes to like pick up the golf bag and the bag like falls over on him. Like that, that movie's a fucking riot. I love that movie. Great, uh, great movie. Yep. So we're going to get into Kevin Costner territory. Uh, my favorite sports actor of all time. And um, I don't know which movie you think this is. And I, I bet you're expecting me to say the other one. But I'm not going to. I'm going to go with Bull Durham. Um, Bull Durham is not the best baseball movie of all time, but it is damn close. Uh, it is very accurate. Kind of like what we, me and Brad were saying about the Any Given Sunday and how accurately it depicted the dark days of the NFL and how everything worked. I think that Bull Durham does this, but for minor league baseball, it shows that these guys aren't playing for big contracts. These guys aren't playing for, you know, glory in front of the fans. These guys are playing to fuck the girl who was watching them that night. And they were playing to get a chance to play in the major leagues. Um, they're, they're playing for the, for the free stake that they got. If they hit the, the big Durham bull out in the outfield, it's, it goes to show that, that, Pro baseball isn't always as glamorous as you could think it is. And some of these guys are just like us, just regular dudes who live just like us, but turns out they're just good at baseball and play at nighttime. Yep. No, man. And doing a little bit of work in the minor leagues, like, that's true. Like, the fact that, that, like, just you getting shit money on a contract, you do it because you love the game and you want that one shot and you're just kind of getting by. You're traveling across the nation on, like, buses, you know? Like, Oh yeah, like I I have a few buddies that work for minor league teams, and I've had a few of them have been asked to drive the fucking bus. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I it, you they know like you look you think the major league team it's like all oh yeah they can bring it down no you get 
there's no money for the nope. minor leagues. You just kind of get by. They just now like raised the the minimum minor league contract to like what like forty five thousand dollars. Yeah, like you're. You, I mean, you get to play. You get paid to play. Yeah, but... no, you're a pro baseball player, and let's not get it twisted. Like you're not like on welfare, but you're making like thirty, forty grand a year to be on TV and play baseball. And that just doesn't seem right. You know, like it's just one of those weird things that just, just one level up, this could be triple a, but one level up, it's drastically different. Yep. Man, you wonder why people do steroids. Yep. Um, I remember, um, bull Durham is kind of a love story kind of built into a baseball movie. Um, uh, it's not as in your face and not as kind of forthcoming as Tim cup is in that. Right. But uh, Bull Durham is just an incredible movie. Um, he teach Bull Durham is uh, Kevin Costner. That's his. That's his. That's his name. It's or, or, or no, it's uh, Crash Davis is Kevin Costner's name, and um, they play for the Durham Bulls, which is actually a real major league team. Um, I'm I'm not sure if they consulted with them on doing it or what, or just use parody law or what. But uh, they they bring in this old Kevin Costner to catch for this new fireball throwing kid who is supposed to be getting called up to the majors any day now. But because the pitcher is so wild that he can't hit his spots and he thinks he's hot shit, they can't call him up because he's no good. They have they call in Kevin Costner to come, you know, coach him up and be a good teammate to him. But really good movie. If you're into baseball and you have not seen Bull Durham, or if you're into love stories and you have not seen Bull Durham, go check it out. Um, number five. I know this is a lot of high, uh, uh, really high up on a lot of people's list who like aren't big sports fans. Um, Disney's Miracle on Ice, the story of the, what do we say? We said 1986-1984 uh, Winter Olympics where the U.S. men's hockey team actually beat the Soviets, the USSR or the CCCP or whatever they you know called it back in the day um, before the U.S. started putting pros on their hockey teams. Like used to, it would be, or no, 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 I had it mixed around. Used to, they would send like the NHL All-Stars to the Olympics and they would get crushed by the Soviets, you know, 10, nothing, eight, nothing, eight, one scores like that. But, um, what is that guy's name? Who's in the movie? Um, Irv, what's Irv, what's Irv's real life name? Gene Hackman. I don't know. No, it's not Gene Hackman. <laughs> no, God damn it, Brad. Um, let's see if I can look it up, but he is actually like a college coach. Um, and I, I think he was at like the university of like Michigan or something or Minnesota, or, or like one of those things, but he, he Herb, finally, Herb Brooks, Herb, Herb Brooks. Brooks, yeah, but what was the real actor's name? Um, oh, who was the actor? Yeah. Um, shit. What is what it now? Kurt Russell, what am I, retarded? Come on, oh. dude. Uh, Kurt see, Russell, it, Gene Hackman. Same see, thing. It's, it's these typecasts that we keep on getting confused. It's good. Though, it's, <laughs> it's good. The same that we're, of, it's the same type of guy. We're, we're keeping it in, 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 in the same camp. Um, Kurt Russell has this bright idea. He was like, look, instead of sending these high paid prima donnas to, to, to the Olympics and getting their shit smacked every year, let's just take the hungriest group of college amateurs that we can and build a team that isn't worried about looking good or looking pretty, a team that I can yell at and scream at and they don't get mad. And they finally do it. And, um, they, they, they don't think it's going to happen, but it is the real life story of how the 1984 U.S. Men's Olympic National Hockey Team beat the Soviets in Lake Placid in, in, the, in, the, in the Winter Olympics. I hate to, you know, spoil it for you, but that's actually, like, a based on a true story. That's the outcome of the game, so I can't really I mean, leave that out. Let's be honest. If you're not a fan of that movie, you're not American, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I was about to say, like, like I know people who, like, hate sports, but, like, they love that movie just because Disney made it. You know, like, and, and, and Disney did a really good job of not, like, whitewashing that movie and making it really family-friendly. There are a few cuss words in it. There, There's a few, you know, racially and racy-charged things that are in that movie. So it's not like it's, it, it's a kid's movie, but it was made by Disney, so keep those expectations intact. But I love Miracle. It used to be one of my favorite sports movies, and I think it still is. I have it at five on my list. It used to be a little bit higher. But as new movies come out and I, and I discover new movies, some get bumped down and some get bumped up. Number well, four. Oh, go ahead. I, th I, think, I think what's crazy about these movies that we're talking about is we're looking at them from a... <laughs> sports perspective like looking at the sports but what make these movies so good is because they cross over those barriers mm -hmm. for example you know like bull durham and you know miracle it's like people that aren't necessarily sports fans like like us like they enjoy those movies for what they bring and they they can 
sense the passion and the joy and, and it's the a good like story. that. The, yeah, and what type of things that bring us go into the game every single day, like mm -hmm. they're able to catch some of that magic in some of these movies. And I think that that's what makes a sports movie kind of transcend just being like a sports movie. Because guess what? A sports movie is just a movie. Like it's not like if you're a sports fan, you can't watch them. There are yeah. people that enjoy these sports movies that hate sports. Like, like there was a girl that I grew up with that was like a Disney girl and wanted to go to the park every year, but she hated sports. Like she would rather go and read a book, but I guarantee you she's seen half these movies. She saw, she saw Brink. Yeah. I, oh, I, oh, I guarantee she saw Brink. I guarantee that she is more educated than me and saw Brink. But Disney she's, Channel she, original movie, baby. She's seen half of these movies just because they're good stories. Disney's made half of them. Like, what's the one that Disney made? The Luck of the Irish, where the kid shrinks down to the size of the leprechaun and plays for his high school basketball team or whatever. It's kind of like Air Bud, but for about. leprechauns, I think. Oh, Air, Air Bud, who added that shit? Man. Yeah, I'm, I, see, this is where you lose me. I, I wasn't a big Disney guy growing up, so Air Bud doesn't even come close to cracking my list. Alright, alright. Fair enough. Um, number four, this probably the best written movie on this list. Um, maybe besides Green Street Hooligans. Uh, Friday Night Lights with Billy Bob Thornton. Um, God, I always uh, James. No, James Vanderbeek was in was in Var Varsity Blues. Varsity Blues, another great football movie that I c literally could not find the room on here to put, even though I love that movie. Um, I'm trying to think of Booby Miles. Um, I, I forget who played Booby Miles, but there was a lot of famous actors in Friday Night Lights. It's same thing that me and Brad are talking about. It shows the life of high school football in Texas, and it shows you how big of a deal this shit actually is. Like the, the setting for the movie was like early to late 90s, and there's uh, it, it takes place in Odessa, Texas, which is a real place in the, what do they call it, the oil triangle? where there's like three cities like that take up like a, a quarter of Texas that are really rich in oil. Um, they, they take you to the life of Billy Bob Thornton, who's the high school football coach. And he's, it's, it's one of those teams where they expect you to do good every year, where you're expected to win a state championship or at least play in the game. So it kind of goes to show how important high school football is in the South and in Texas specifically. Like the, like it, it, it tells you that the top 10 paid people in the state were high school and college football coaches. It tells you that they spent more money on the football field at the school than they did on, on every other bit of the school. So yep. it, it's it's one of those things that crosses over into – and I grew up in Georgia, so I, I know how important high school football is. But if you don't know, Friday Night Lights is a really good place to start because this is really like a religion for some people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially those small towns, definitely. And even then, again with Brad, there – Booby Miles gets hurt and – he had, he's trying to convince the trainer to let him play. He's like, oh, I feel good. I feel good. The first game that Booby Miles gets back into tears his ACL again. Wow. Spoiler. Come on. Let him watch it. You let him watch it. it. But uh, that's, that's, a, yes. that's a tease. The movie's like two and a half hours long. The ending is extremely emotional. I love it. The movie is great. Um, I, the, the, the casting was perfect. Like all, all, all the guys looked like they would play on a high school football team together. Um, great movie, great messages, and Billy Bob Thornton. If you haven't heard his perfect, you know, kind of diatribe monologue, you should because he tells you what it means to be perfect. It doesn't mean making no mistakes. It means being there for people when they need you and being in the moment and being available. So, um, Friday Night Lights, really good, really great movie. Billy Bob Thornton. That's probably my favorite Billy Bob Thornton movie, to be honest with you. Even though there's a million. Number three, the best basketball movie of all time. And if you have any other answer, you are just flat out plain wrong. Glory Road, not that good. Hurricane season, not all that great. But Coach Carter? The gas. Coach Carter is hands down the best basketball film ever made of all time. And it's not even particularly close. If you have not seen Coach Carter, I do not know where you've been living for the past 20 years but it is a film about samuel l jackson who is a coach who gets brought into a high school in inner city la and he wants to introduce a concept that some of these kids have never heard of before it's called personal accountability so the first thing he does is he gets to practice and he starts 
you know, just talking like a military man. Like, you say yes, sir, no, sir to me. Like, you are on time to practice five minutes early is on time. On time is late. And starts giving him the whole thing and hands him a packet of papers that says, you will sit in the front of the class in every single classroom you sit in. You will wear a suit and tie on game days. You will do this and do that. You will conduct yourself with respect. Kind of OD for a high school basketball team, but for kids in that kind of system, they need it. So what he does is he ends up, you know, kind of rubbing the wrong way with some of the faculty and some of the parents and some of the players. So some players quit. Some parents don't like the way he runs the ship. Some parents don't like the way that he talks to their kids. Some faculty members don't like the extra work that he's putting on them because he needs signed progress reports from every teacher for every player. That way the players can play every week. And um, I'm not going to spoil like like what happens because of, of this because Brad kind of jumped my ass about spoiling things. But there there are some there are some heads heads wrung and there's he rubs people the wrong way and he has to combat the system that wants these kids to fail for himself with, with himself who does not want these kids to fail wants them to work hard to get out of this system. So uh, Coach Carter is an incredible movie. It has Channing Tatum. Um, some of the old Disney Channel stars, like the the Cruz, Tito Cruz, I, I can't remember his name, his, his real life name. Um, but there's there's like mad people that, that are in that movie that, that you would know now. Coach Carter, yeah. incredible movie. Incredible movie. Top three, or top five movie probably of all time. Um, top top three sports movie. Okay. Which, I, I, I don't know, you gotta realize that these movies are like my regular movies. Like, you guys may like Training Day, and I, of course I love Training Day, but you may like, you know, Lincoln, and all these, you know, really dramatic movies, but these are my really dramatic movies, because I'm into sports like that. Number two, Kevin Costner Mania. The best golf movie of all time, and no, it is not Happy Gilmore. Ten cup it is even more of a love story it has hotter women than bull durham renee rousseau are you kidding me i would eat her shit with a spoon she's so hot kevin costner <laughs> is a broke driving range owner in, in in the heartland of texas where the tumbleweeds roll and he's about to lose his lose his business because he's broke he doesn't care he's depressed he's a drunk he drinks all day and lives in an rv with his with his best friend um cheech Marin is in it um he's the he's he's the, he's the short guy who who lives with uh bull or tin cup um but this this really rich lawyer lady from in town who who's renee russo and i forget her name um, she comes in and is looking for golf lessons and being the degenerate that he is, 10 cup tries to like pick her up and is like, yeah, I'd like to go on a date with you. Like while he's trying to teach her how to hit a golf ball. And he, she ends up helping him like get out of this depression funk that he's in. And, oh, she, she's a lawyer. She's a psychologist. What, what, what am I talking about? That's kind of the premise of the movie. Um, she helps him get back to playing golf at a really high level. Cause he's really good at golf, but just didn't really know it because of how depressed he was. And um, they finally get him to play in major tournaments again and get him to be a pro. So, Tin Cup. Um, the love story aspect of this movie is really, really, really rampant, and it is really, like, in your face. Like, you can tell how hard he falls for Rene Rousseau, and that's actually a major part of the movie is him trying to get Rene Rousseau. But all the golf um, in, in, in the movie is really good. It was shot really well. Kevin Costner's a genius. Cheech Marin is really good. Um, there's mad cameos from like professional golfers and announcers and it's it's a it's a really good movie like imagine like happy gilmore but like with substance with, with an actual like story and with substance in it <laughs> i mean happy gilmore had a story all right Let's get yeah happy. but it was yeah <laughs> autistic man doesn't want grandmother to lose house you know like <laughs> how many times have we seen this before uh, the guy, his teacher doesn't have a hand because he got bitten off by a crocodile. Yeah, literally, right? just the the, the ultimate cliche. <laughs> Brad Meekum, this is What's the your moment. Number one? What's your number one? The moment that we've all been waiting for. If you guys are listening to this right now, you're thinking to yourself, "Oh shit, what movie has he not said yet? What sports movie has he not said yet?" Ah, mm, I'll give you a hint. The answer is not Rudy. Rudy Rudinger does not break my top ten. Fuck that movie. I agree. It's that movie gets overly hyped. Rudy was offsides. Rudy on that last play <laughs> where he gets the sack, he was lined up like directly offsides. Like he it was a neutral zone infraction in the least. But 
We're not going to talk about that because Rudy holds a high place in some of y'all's hearts. My number one movie of all time as it pertains to sports, the Major League Series. One and two. I, I love three, the minor league one, just as much as anybody else, but it doesn't. it's not as good as one and two. Yeah, um, Charlie Sheen. Charlie oh. Sheen. Um, God. There's... I would. I'll, I'll know eight of them as soon as I look it up. Uh, <laughs> I, did, I. I was just the characters from that movie just are casting so, was genius. Just, they're they're just so good. Yep. So good. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Berenger plays the catcher. Jake Taylor. I remember him. Renee Russo. I was about to say, wasn't Renee Russo in in in, in number one too? And she was. Wesley Snipes was Willie Mays yep. Hayes. How many sports movies can Wesley Snipes play in? Um, the, uh, the, the, the hitter, the DH that had, uh, that was like Juju had problems with his voodoo. Oh, Dennis Haysbert, AKA Pedro Serrano. <laughs> that movie could hit a curveball. It could not hit a curveball. Literally would mash fastballs with his caveman stick. But as soon as someone threw him anything else, he would whiff. That movie is like you and, uh, that movie is what I like, see is is what i feel like baseball should feel like fun baseball is not a very serious game like guys like like try to make it out to be like i think that's the way baseball should be like you win one game at a time you like the guys that are in your clubhouse and you have fun that's the way baseball and i I get it's a movie but that's what baseball should be seen through your eyes is 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 watching the movie major league that was was good good movie i Enjoyed it up and down. Like, so yeah. the quick synopsis, if you have not seen, which I assume everyone here has, um, there's a failing Cleveland Indians team that is owned by some rich lady, and she wants the team to be to tank, so to speak. That way she can move them to Miami or L.A. or the beach or wherever she's talking about moving them to. But the coach and all the star players are like, ah, fuck that shit. Like, we like Cleveland. Like, I like staying here. I like my job. I don't want to get fired. So they end up going on a, on a winning streak and trying to make the playoffs to not get moved to and sold off to the lowest bidder. But Major League 1 and 2, if you have not seen 3, if you've seen 1 and 2, you have not seen 3. 3 is really good. It uh, involves Jake Taylor going back to the minor league to coach the – Savannah Sand Nats or the Salt Lake City Bees or one of these little dumb teams with no name. It's the Twins uh, direct affiliate, and turns out him and the Twins manager like get into it because Jake Taylor says like, "Oh, I, I guarantee you my AAA team could beat your Minnesota Twins team," and he's like, "Oh, well you're on, buddy." So they play a game, and then like <clears throat> the the minor league team is up, and then. Like the, the 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 manager of the major league team like shuts the lights off and like calls it like a malfunction that way like he doesn't get embarrassed like so it's it's, it's like this big long like battle so but number three is really good like if you if you ever hear someone says three is bad or three sucks or three is stupid like they're wrong three is a really good movie in my opinion three needs to be in the major league one two and three we need to say major league one two and three instead of major league one and two. But for the sake of this podcast and for the rankings, I know some of you guys do not hold number three in the ranks that I do. So Major League One and Two, the best sports movie of all time, either one of them, and it's not even close. Major League is fucking awesome. Great, great movie, good movie. I think great. my favorite character is, is the is the old pitcher uh, Eddie Harris because he's like, <laughs> you're trying to tell me Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball. And then he, and then what? And then like whenever Pedro like starts like praying, he's like, Shh, "I wish you'd shut that voodoo shit off." He's just some old country <laughs> Baptist dude who's just pitching yeah. in major leagues. But guys, um, I'll read through them one more time so you can see the Daily Degenerate Podcast top ten movies, three honorable three honorable mentions: Green Street Hooligans, The Replacements, and North Dallas Forty. Number ten is White Men Cannot Jump. Nine is Hoosiers. Eight is Any Given Sunday. Seven is Caddyshack. Six is Bull Durham. Five is Miracle on Ice. Number four is Friday Night Lights. Three is Coach Carter. Two is Tin Cup. And one is Major Leagues One and Two. Great. Great movies. A, a few a few things, I, I agree with a lot of them. There's a few that I just want to shoot by you. I don't know if you just forgot to put them on, because that's what I figured out when I was doing my list. 
is as you, we were talking in the bullpen, it was like, oh shit, I completely forgot about that movie. The replacements, you, so you reminded me of, of the replacements. I, I forgot that one first. Yeah, and and so, you know, a couple ones, you know, I want to spitball to you. I'm not going to go through my top ten. I don't want to take that because we match on a lot. A few were different on. Yeah. I'm going to give you this movie that was in my top ten, and I want you to tell me if you forgot about it, it would be kind of pot front half, bottom half, or not in, and reason why. All right. Number one. Space Jam. Space Jam. I I like, I, I didn't I didn't forget to put it in, but defend yourself because of the cartoonishness of the of the thing and the whole. I don't know, like who even the Hanna Bar Barbera characters, like Looney Tunes and all that. I, I it's not as serious as I would have liked it to be. Do I enjoy Space Jam? Hell yes. Hell to the yes. I love Space Jam, and I'm ready for this, the second one because Blake Griffin is in it, and I love Blake Griffin. Could it crack my top ten? Probably not. Okay. Uh, uh, two, uh, Mighty Ducks. I, I've never actually seen, full disclosure, and you gave me shit about this in the bullpen, um, I've never actually seen Mighty Ducks from start to finish. I've seen, you know, like Emilio Estevez is in it, and I know what it is, and I've seen uh, clips from all, what, three of them, four of them? There, there's, there's several of them. Um, kind of, yeah. Yeah, I've I've seen clips from them, but I I've never like seen them like front to back. I so I I wouldn't even be able to tell you. Watch a couple. I I feel like after you saw them, they probably may sneak in in nine eight or nine around all right, that area. All right, all right. Uh, another one that I think more so is just with it was made so long ago. Well, twenty twenty five years ago. And the fact that all of the things that they joke about are coming true in today's is basketball. Oh, hell the... yes. Hell like... yes. So for those of you guys who do not know, basketball <laughs> was made by the same comedy duo that made South Park, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Um, basketball is actually one of the most hilarious movies that you will ever watch. If you don't know what it is, it was on Netflix forever ago. It may still be. I doubt it, though, because I haven't seen it, you know, kind of pop up in my recommended. Two guys invent a sport that is like a hybrid of baseball and basketball. And it's kind of like a backyard game. But the funny thing is, is they get it to where it's like a national sport and they play in front of thousands of fans in the arena. And like it started off as like two buddies doing something fun to one of them has like star fever and one of them like tries to like run everything. So it's like a good thing about like, and like what Brad was saying, all the things that are coming true, contract negotiations refusing to play until you get your new contract like lounging in a lazy boy in the dugout you know like those kind of things like diva divishness in sports just if you can even go on youtube and watch basketball like search basketball intro and if you didn't know you'd be like oh this is just what's happening in the nba nfl right now like yeah and this was made in the mid 90s like yeah. great great movie awesome my favorite, um, my, my favorite part of basketball is 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 them messing with Squeak though. When they're like Squeak, oh, yeah. <laughs> your mom gets railed by thousands of guys a day. You know, like it, it, they just they just fuck with Squeak so hard. Great movie. Um, <clears throat> next ones, I'm gonna kind of put them in the same category because you kind of put them in the same tier. Yeah. Uh, Angels in the outfield and Rookie of the Year. Uh, was Rookie of the Year Henry Bumgardner? No, it was the oh I don't know his name. It was the Chicago Cubs kid the that kid like had that weird little the arm little thing, thing the in his arm. That was like, the elastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, I, I I have seen that one. Um, there there are ten other baseball movies that, that I would rank ahead of it, like Rookie with um, Dennis Quaid, the one where he's the high school. Have you seen that one made by Disney? Dennis, Dennis Quaid, he's another one that's yeah, in yeah. all of these. All he's of these in movies. because he isn't he the one in McFarland, USA too, the track coach for the Mexican kids in California, isn't that him too? Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, I I I enjoyed um, Rookie of the Year more than Angels in the Outfield. Although Angels in the Outfield was kind of <laughs> trite and for kids, but Rookie of the Year was at least like kind of like funny. Like you're like, yeah, I could see that happening in a parallel dimension, but. Angels carrying you to catch a pop fly. Come on, dog. Let's be realistic. Come on. Come on. Uh, uh, it's amusing. a movie, but I mean, come on. All right. La I got two more. Hardball. Keanu Reeves, Inner no, City. See, so I that, that is a really good movie, really emotional ending. Um, between an inner, So I haven't seen this movie in a long time, so let me know if, if, if I get it right. 
Keanu, Keanu Reeves owes someone money from a gambling debt, and it's actually like a rich person who like owns like a law firm in town or something, and instead of making him pay him back, he tells him to coach the inner city baseball team because they can't find a coach. Some, something like that, yeah. Okay, I mean, yep. Keanu, Keanu through some certain certain way that he doesn't really want to is forced to coach this inner yep. city mm-hmm. inner city little league team. And, 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 and then he wants to just, like, quit, and he just wants to get the season over with. He just wants to show up every Saturday and lose and then go home. But he yep. finally gets to where he, like, starts to liking the kids, and the kids like him. And, the, and then they're, they're, the, the ending is really emotional. I recommend – not watching that if you're in a bad mood because great good, good movie though Keanu, that was, yes, that was yes, one really of the Keanu I like seeing um, inner cities introduced to baseball like that because of all the athletes that we have in America they more should be playing baseball and once we make that connection to the inner cities like the movies have depicted you'll start getting more of these athletes playing baseball and being really good so I think what I noticed it, with my kind of list what movies that kind of come to the front of me and coming for you is a lot of mine are more comedy related yeah like enjoyable, like I'm gonna add Cool Runnings, the Jamaican boss. I love team, Cool Runnings. <laughs> uh, I, that that one should have been on my honorable mention. I fucked right. up on that one. I love <laughs> Cool Runnings. John Candy. Yeah, we Jamaica have a bobsled team. Uh, yeah. Feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme. Jamaica, it's bobsled time. Yep, dude. It so and then semi pro. Right, let's go. Love semi-pro. I mean, so it's I I think there's. And then also we were talking about like really quickly, like are, do we consider Forrest Gump a sports movie? Do you consider Happy Gilmore a sports movie? It's like Happy Gilmore. When you boil it down, you can tell me as a fact it is a sports movie, and I'll agree with you. But in this discussion that we are having, semi-pro Happy Gilmore, Forrest Gump, no, they're not really sports movies. And and if we're talking about being really strict constitutionalists and reading into this, I don't think basketball is really a sports movie when it comes down to, to it. But that's what you're saying is me and you have these two different tastes. Yours are more comedy related. Mine are more drama and real life related. Yeah, for sure. Basketball is really good. And of course it's a sports movie. Like if you look at it and watch it, yeah, it's a sports movie. Semi-pro. Yeah. It's about basketball. Of course it's a sports movie, but the story is rooted in something other than sports. Like the, the, the end result is not really winning the final game for them. You know, like, yes, in semi-pro, you're supposed to win the Flint-Michigan Mega Bowl, but the championship game was already spoken for. So it was more about team building and love. It's, it's more of the off-card. Off so, I mean, for shit. I mean, with 10 Cup and all these other things, you can It's a love story. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm guilty, I'm guilty. I'm, I'm just as guilty. I'm just hey, as guilty. Hey, well, I, I have a few that I haven't watched. You have a few you haven't watched. We have some time on our hands. Hey, you know, there we got we gave you about 18 movies here that are we all did. if they're not you're going to hit your top 10, they're top 25 at least. And if they I, aren't, you're then you just have bad taste. Like there nobody's ever wrong in this world, but you're wrong. Or just tell them, I mean, watch them and say their shit. I mean, you yeah, you at least watch them, can, watch them first. You can love to hate them. Love Listen. to hate them. Um, Brad Meekum, that's all I have in in the movie department. That's, we ran through your movies too. Yeah, we got through mine. I got Got those few. I like they're a lot of your uh, remember the Titans. Remember the Titans, and, about and, and 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 I had completely forgotten to I I just completely forgotten to put that in mind. Like that one should be in my top ten, but I had completely forgotten. I keep whenever I'm talking about sports movies, I mix and kind of combine remember the Titans and Friday Night Lights for some yep, reason. Those because, two because, for me are just kind of like I don't know why, but because the coach takes them and puts them in a in a really bad situation just to get to know each other and just to. To bond maybe it's other. Texas. Maybe it's just like high school Texas football. Like it could be just think, Texas um, high school football. I don't think. I think it is. No, nah, it wasn't Texas. It, it wasn't Friday Night Lights, but not for Remember the Titans. It was like I uh, thought it was. I thought it was more like a Midwest city, like a like a or no, it was Virginia. Hundred hundred percent, it was Virginia. No way. How much you want to bet? No, I mean I'm probably wrong. I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, it's it's Virginia because because it was like race relations, and it was because. Uh, Bertier, because Bertier, uh, I don't, I don't want to spoil it, but there's, there's like an interracial marriage thing, kind of, kind of, kind of like built into the end, and it's like Virginia was the first state to allow like interracial marriage. See, I, I combine the two already. Like mm-hmm. I, yep. I, I thought the end of Remembrance Hines was that North Texas High School Championship, but it's not. So. Yep, but but I know what you're saying. Like North Dallas Forty, um, all the other fo- football movies that we know and love are 
90% of them are in Texas. Yep. So. Well, Brad Meekum, uh, tell us where to find you at before we get the hell out of here. Um, you can find me on social media at MadBrad171, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Hit me up. Tell me what you think. I'm pretty bored. Drinking a lot. Playing some video games. So hit me up. Yep, Brad put me on the Borderlands 3, so Brad, thank you for that. I've been having a pretty hard time of that lately, trying to advance <laughs> through the maps. But, ladies and gentlemen, I am at Cohen underscore Hughes on Instagram, uh, Cohen Hughes on Facebook. You search that. Um, find the Instagram and Twitter for the podcast, at TDDPod. And uh, you can join our private Facebook group, Daily Degenerate Sports Shit Talk Trash Talk. I, I always forget what it's called. I always misnomer it so much. So hit me up and I, or hit Brad up or hit somebody up and we'll send you an invite. And um, let us know what you thought about these movies. Let us know what we missed. Let us know what was overrated, underrated, what was too high. And um, if you haven't seen one of these movies, watch it. Let me know how you think. And um, I'll tell you what I think too. Guys, thanks for listening. This has been episode 129, the Emergency Podcast, Top 10 Movies in Sports. Um, thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, rate, download, millennial things. Do that. Guys, thanks for listening. Peace. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Later. Later. <laughs>